All right, good morning once again. Very excited to have you with us this wonderful Sunday morning. We are coming to the close of our summer sermon series. Uh, it's really hard to say quickly. Uh, 12 Extraordinary Women. However, you will note that because Troy is a failure, and what he does this summer, we're only going to have 10 Extraordinary Women. I mean, Troy had one job, preach the sermons that I gave him. And he even could, he couldn't do it. So I had, to, I had to cut out two women. And it was, it was tough. I sat, uh, I sat this week because they asked me, like, what, what are we doing next? And I was like, oh, man, I got to look through because I got, I got to get rid of two extraordinary women because Troy doesn't think they're extraordinary enough to make in the summer sermon series. Um, he's not here. I can make fun of him all I want because uh, his mom isn't here either. She's at the first service. Uh, so uh, so I, I looked through, and, and we had a group of, uh, of, of women left. We had five, five women left, and, and so I, I was like, oh, man, this one. The last one, I'm like, yes, I totally want to do her. Then there was another one, and then it was, I was juggling some, and I'm like, all right, who do I want to do next? The lazy way is that Anna was the next one in the rotation, so it's like, oh, I guess we'll just do Anna. Um, but I really went through and, and, and tried to see where I was going, and I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, Anna... Anna is extraordinary, and she needs to make the cut. Now, I will tell you, yesterday I was, I was with some folks, and, and they asked me, hey, who's the lady tomorrow? And I went, what? I, we were having, I was, it totally caught me off guard, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, the, the woman you're preaching on tomorrow. I went, oh, yeah, Anna. And this was the, this was the exchange, Hannah. No, Anna. Hannah. Anna, we literally had the same conversation um, backstage in the green room right before the service. <laughs> like, you mean Hannah? No, the H is silent and actually not even written. Her name is Anna. And, and so the, yesterday the people were like, who's Anna? How many of you know who Anna is? Like two hands have gone up. Some, some of you may have looked it up after having a conversation with me about that. I'm not going to dime anybody out. But nobody knows who Anna is. Now, you know, of course, maybe like, oh, Anna. You mean Anna. Sure, she's the princess from Frozen. No, this is Anna. That's how you pronounce it in Hebrew. Anna. It's, it's, if you're a Texan, you pronounce it Anna. Anna is an extraordinary woman. And, I, and, and when I was going through this and, and I was trying to decide who to let go of and, and who to keep in, when I was really focused on her, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, there's no way I am missing Anna. Now Anna is, the reason you don't know about her is because she's only mentioned one time in scripture. She's only mentioned in the gospel of Luke. No one else talks about her. And in fact, when Luke talks about her, he only expends three verses on her. We don't hear of her before and we will never hear from her again in scripture. There's just a very short thing in between a lot of really big stuff going on. And she doesn't have any interaction really with anyone. She doesn't talk to anyone that we know of. There's no dialogue from Anna. But she's extraordinary. We'll find out why. Previously in the Gospel of Luke, Anna comes into, uh, into the picture, chapter 2, verse 36. But previously in the Gospel of Luke, you have the birth of Jesus, right? Kind of a big story, big moment. You have an older couple who thought they would never have a child ever. They have a baby, John the Baptist. You have a young woman who was way too early for her to have a child. 
gets pregnant. Her betrothed husband stays with her. All these angel visitations, all this stuff. Jesus, you will name him at some point. Birth of Jesus comes along. You have the shepherds, the wonderful manger scene, the camel and the donkey. Watch out, it spits. And you have all this great stuff. And then you come to the temple. Mary and Joseph, by Jewish law, when you have a boy, especially your your first son, you take him to the temple and you dedicate him to the Lord. And so Mary and Joseph, being good Jews, take Jesus to the temple. They have him circumcised. And, uh, and this is in uh, the eighth day. They have him circumcised. And then they give him his name. Jesus is his name. And so they name him Jesus, the same name that Gabriel said, you will name your son Jesus before she was even conceived. Uh, he was even conceived Jesus. And, and then they, they pay their, um, their, their sacrifice. They give their sacrifice. And if you remember... Um, something extraordinary is told by Luke here. Now, now remember what Luke is, who Luke is. We talked about this in the series previous to this, but Luke is, a, is an historian who is, who is writing the account as told by some other people to him. Paul, a lot of his stuff's coming from Paul, but he's, he is writing the record of the life of Jesus and the early church in the book of Acts. He is very clear that this is my purpose But he also is trying to draw the reader's attention to something about Jesus. From the very beginning, Luke's whole mentality is to say that Jesus is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, but not the way you think. Like for all this time, like you you have the kingdom of the world, you have Caesar and you have Herod, you have the power and the strength of Rome. And what Luke is trying to do is like with all of this worldly power, The one who is really in charge is nothing like them. And so Mary and Joseph come to the temple. And it says that they offer two turtle doves or two young pigeons as a sacrifice for their son Jesus. Now what that tells us, I'm sure you all know Leviticus chapter 12, is that when you have a son, you go to the temple and you sacrifice a lamb if you have money. If you are poor and destitute, two little birds. So we know, and this is Luke's whole point, is that Jesus comes from a poor family. He has nothing. He is not the person you think he is. And the reason that Anna stands out is so significant and why I think Luke puts her in there is because Luke is once again trying to point out, this is not the kingdom you think it is. It's bigger and better. And so they dedicate Jesus in the temple. And shortly after, They're walking by and this old man named Simeon. Simeon is this great guy and I I would venture to say that many more of you know of Simeon than you did Anna. Simeon is walking by and he's kind of a leader in in Jerusalem and he sees the baby Jesus in Mary's arms and and he reaches out and he holds Jesus and he lays this prophecy over him saying that this is the one. He is the anointed one, the Messiah who has come and, and he says these words to Mary if you remember but his life will like pierce your, a sword that will pierce your soul, right? I mean, he's setting, he's forecasting everything that's going to happen in the life of Christ. And then we come to verse 36. We come to Anna. Anna, a prophet, it's very important to hear those words, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, 
but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. And then it finishes with these two verses, this little section. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So here you go. That's it. Three verses that talk about Anna. And why am I so smitten with Anna? Well, what do we know about her? We actually know a lot from these three little verses that that Luke records. Luke being a historian, he doesn't miss anything. The first thing he says is that she's from the tribe of Asher. And, And immediately that pours into her some identity and it pours into her stories that would have formed who she is as a person. Because you ever know anybody from the deep south? like Mississippi or Louisiana, and they talk about their people. You ever heard that? Well, my people, you know, my, my people came over on this and that. You know, my people are from there. and my people. They're talking about the story of their ancestry. And, and, and it's important to them because it informs who they are as, as a person. My, my people signed the Declaration of Independence. Boom. That's right. John C. Witherspoon, look it up. He was a Presbyterian pastor, so he wasn't great, but he was okay. And he was one of the representatives who signed the Declaration of Independence, which is why Reese Witherspoon and I are cousins. True story. She doesn't know that, but that doesn't negate the fact that we have the same family tree, eventually somewhere. My people take that very seriously. There are a lot of people in my story that look to that and look to being patriotic and look to pouring into our country as an important part of who we are because we were here when it started. It's part of our story. You've heard me say this before that my father, um, he came from a family of sharecroppers. That's what they did. When, when I talk about Poe, they was Poe. They had nothing. My father didn't get plumbing in his house until he was a junior in high school. Boy, that was a great year, right? <laughs> like, Woohoo! We got plumbing. You know, it, it was some, and then they got a phone. I think the next year, um, one of those lines that you pick up, and if it rang three times, it was your house. If it's two times, it was the house next to you. Um, some of you are old enough to remember that. I have heard all of these stories. He's taken me to the places where he used to cross the creek to have to go to school. No one ever believed him. Sure enough, there it is. It's his story, and it informs me because it made him who he is, and then his story is then transferred onto me and and, into my story. And and so so Anna has this story. She's from the tribe of Asher, and for a Jew, it's so much more intense than it is for us because for a Jew, it's not just history. It's memory, and she remembers when the two, two kingdoms split. She remembers when the northern tribes Asher being one of them, went up to Israel and the southern tribes went down to Judah. She remembers that the northern tribes of Israel were always dysfunctional. They always had kings that were always against God. They never got it right. And God would punish them time and time again. In fact, she remembers when her people, the tribe of Asher, were wiped out, taken into captivity. And only a handful of them returned. She remembers the heartache, the story of her people. 
See, Luke points this out for a reason. She comes from a hurting background of desperation. And then it says she gets married, but she only lived with her husband for seven years because he died. And then she was a widow from that point forward for 84 years. Now, the translation is a little tricky right here. And some people say it's, she was a widow for 84 years, which would make her, in her a little over 100 years old at this time. Or some people say she was a widow and she was now 84 years old. Either way, she had been a widow for over 60 years. Over 60 years living by herself. And in a society like that, if you're a widow, you don't have much. You don't have many rights. You don't have someone to stand up and fight for you. You're kind of an outcast. In fact, God is very clear. We need to take care of these folks. So she moves into his house. She moves into the temple. She goes into the temple structure. And in the temple, there were these apartments where people would actually live. And a lot of those people who lived there would take care of the temple grounds. And so some scholars say, well, maybe she was someone who cleaned up the temple and did different things around the temple to clean. But Luke points out something very different than that because Luke doesn't say she's a custodian or a janitor. What he says is she's a prophet. She's a leader in that community. And I don't know if your mind has blown enough as it should be. The fact for Luke, the historian that doesn't mince words, that doesn't say anything wrong, he's going to write it for a reason because it was the case to say that a woman was a prophet was a huge deal. Now, now what he's saying here is that she is one who has wisdom and carries wisdom into the temple. She is one who people go to to hear about God and from God. I, I, I imagine it this way. Look, there's no secret. She was not a priest. She could not have been. One, she wasn't from the right tribe. But two, she wasn't a man. But she was a leader. Think of it like Beth Moore of her day. Beth Moore isn't a pastor because she's in a denomination that says women can't be pastors. But let me tell you, Beth Moore has brought more people to Jesus and taught more people to Jesus than many male pa- most male pastors combined. This is Anna. Anna was a woman of great wisdom. She had suffered a lot during her life. And so her life was consumed with God. Because that's the other thing we know about her. It's that every day she worshiped through prayer and fasting. Every day she was in the temple worshiping God. Every day she came into the house of the Lord and said, God, I know the promises you have. I know the promises of the Messiah who will come and end our oppression. I know the promises, so I pray, Lord, bring the Messiah. This is the prayer of every Jew. Bring the Messiah, end our oppression, just like you did when you brought us out of Egypt. Bring us to freedom once again, God. Bring the Messiah. Every day she spent with God, worshiping and praising. And I imagine that this little old lady every day would be walking around the temple and she would see someone and she would just know that that person needs to hear from God. And she'd walk over and go, hey, are you okay? Can you imagine the wisdom that she had to pour into all who would come and give her a chance to speak? The wisdom that she had through all of those moments that she spent with him. 
because her life was dedicated to God. She did it well so much so that Luke calls her a prophet. And there she is in the temple. There she is in the temple on that day. Oh, man, that day. Think, think about this. You know, how the, you know how big the temple is? The temple was? Y'all, it was big. Like, really big. I know if, if I were Troy, I'd have some slides up right now. Get over it. So, have you ever seen a picture of the Western Wall? Right, the Western Wall where, you know, you, you see Jews, you know, faithful standing up against the wall and they're, you know, they're doing their little prayer thing like this. And I, I've been, if you've seen pictures, I, I've been there, you've seen the pictures, huge, right? It's the, these enormous stones stacked so high upon one another. That's the foundation. Think about it, that's the pier and beam structure that is supporting everything else on top. If you have a foundation that big, you got something even bigger upstairs. The temple was huge, huge. And there was different courts and different places where you would go. A lot of times, I'm sure Anna would be hanging out at the court of the women because that's where she could do the most ministry. But there was the court of the Gentiles. There was the court of the men. There's all these different places where you could be. But on that day, for whatever reason, she happened to be where Simeon was. On that day, wherever it was on that vast, expansive temple mount, she happens to be walking by when Simeon is holding Jesus and putting out that prophecy about who he is and what he will do. And do you see what Anna does? Does she like run up to Mary and give her a hug and like, oh, Isabel, it's great. Huh? She drops a beat. She worships. She just... She worships God. She, she cries out in praise to God because her entire life had been move, moving to this moment, this moment right now, right here. And she sees this baby and she doesn't go, excuse me, Simeon, could you explain that for me? Could you break it down a little bit for me? Hey, Mary and Joseph, who are you? What is your name? Can anything good come from Nazareth? She didn't even say where they come from, nothing. She doesn't know what they sacrifice to the Lord. All she hears is God speak into her life. This is the Messiah and she loses it. Remember Miriam, when they cross the Red Sea, she gets over, she breaks out the tambourine and leads all the ladies in singing? Dude, I bet that couldn't compare to what Anna did here. When you live your life dedicated to one thing, going every day, prayer and fasting and worshiping God, saying, God, remember the promises you will deliver. I know, I know the suffering that I've been through. I know that you will bring me relief. I know the story of my people has been one of pain and suffering, but you have promised to bring us from this valley of darkness and to bring the kingdom of heaven every day. And then that day, she sees it happen. That day changes everything. And then what does she do? Tells everybody who's looking for redemption. She tells everyone who comes into the temple from that day forward. It's like the Anna show. Anytime somebody comes up and they're looking for salvation and they're praying to God for deliverance from the oppression, the same prayer that Jews have always prayed, waiting for Messiah, waiting for Messiah. She's like, oh, 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 let me tell you, he's here. He's here. He's come. Oh my gosh, I saw him. 
I got to walk by him. He's real. You know what she didn't see? She never saw Jesus heal a single person. It doesn't say how much longer she lives, right? Imagine, though, if she lived, I mean, imagine if she were the person, man, dude, I saw that guy as a baby, and now he's healing people. That guy on the cross right there, I was here the day that they dedicated him. Chances are, as old as she was, she didn't live much longer. So she didn't get to see those things. She didn't get to know the truth behind the gospel, but she knew the truth behind the messenger. She knew who Jesus was, and so everyone who came looking for that hope, she gave it to them. He's here. It is real. She would not stop talking about Jesus. That is extraordinary. The legacy that she leaves is huge, and she's only mentioned in three verses. But think of the enormity of her legacy. Think, think of what she did, not just because we're talking about her in 2019, but to every person that she encountered along the way to every person that was lost and broken that came into the house of the Lord needing redemption. She goes, I know your struggles. I have been there. I was a young bride and then my husband died and, and he left nothing and so I had to move into the temple and I've been here the rest of my days. But because I was here, I got to see him. I know what hurt feels like. I know what suffering feels like. My people have been through it forever. But there is redemption. Freedom has come. And his name is Jesus. Emmanuel, God is with us. Think of the lives that she touched because she talked. Think about it this way. What if, what if the people she came into contact with? Because let, let me hear, let, let, hear this. She didn't stand on the temple corner and hold up a sign that said, do you know where you're going tonight if you die? Right? She didn't walk up to random people's houses and knock on the door and go, hey, can I share the Roman road with you? No Baptists get that joke? Come on, that's kind of funny. Can I draw you a little napkin? You're over here. God's over here. There's a very valley. Let me draw. Oh, a cross. Oh, that's how you get a cross. No. She didn't walk up to strangers and talk about this. She came to people who were searching. She talked to people who opened, who opened that door just a little bit, and she goes, whoa, 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 you really want to know? Let me tell you. Imagine if, if Anna was, was the only person that folks would have the opportunity to hear about the Messiah from. Imagine if, if she was the only encounter that they would have with someone who believed in Jesus Christ, who got it to the very core of who they were, who felt redemption. Imagine. Now imagine if you, imagine if you were the only person, the only encounter someone may have 
with a person who believes in the redemptive power of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Uh, imagine if, if you are entering into a conversation and someone opens that briefest door. What mark will you leave? What will you say? I, I have to tell you what, what's extraordinary to me about, about Anna and what is very humbling for me is I know the rest of the Jesus story. I know it because it happened. I know that, that Jesus healed the lame and he made him walk the blind to see. He brought Lazarus back from the dead. He fed 5,000, 4,000 people with very little food. He predicted his own death and resurrection and pulled it off. And then he met me in a lot of moments. There's pain suffering and darkness. He met me a lot uh, along a lot of my paths where I was choosing my own way and going down some dark places and, and he goes, hey, this isn't who you are. Come back to me. I, I know the big thing that Jesus died for me on the cross and that alone should be enough. But there are so many other little things that Christ has done for me in my life. So many stories. If I am the only encounter that someone has, what will I say? What will my legacy be? Will it be one who, when I'm gone, people say, man, that guy lived for himself. Man, all he ever did was focus on him. All he ever did was talk about me, 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 me. All he ever did was look out after his purposes and his plans and, and he wanted to go his direction and he focused on his job and he focused on his family and he just took, 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 took. Man, I hope that when I'm gone, I hope people say I was a good husband. I love my wife. Didn't always get it right. I was a good father. I loved my kids and, and I tried to pour into them who they are as, as not just my child, but as his child. I was a good son, an okay son-in-law. I was a good friend. And yeah, I hope somewhere along the way somebody says, man, he was, a pretty, he was a pretty good pastor. But I hope mostly what someone says is, man, you couldn't, you couldn't be around that guy without knowing he was a child of God. It just oozed out of him. The love that was poured in never stayed. legacy will you leave what is it that what is that story that only you have to tell that story of redemptive grace the power of salvation that has hit you unlike anyone else that when someone enters into your world and they say hey 
I have a question. Like Anna, you drop a beat and you start singing a song. She was such an extraordinary woman that so little is known about and yet so much we have to learn from. May we be people of such great faith. May we be people of such great courage that when that moment happens, we may share our story and leave our legacy for him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for Anna, your beloved daughter. We thank you so much for her story. Although we know so little, she is so powerful because she knew who you were and she knew what it meant to be free because of you. Lord, help us to be the people that Anna called us to be, people who shout your name to all who care to hear and all who want to know that we never stop telling the story of that day that we met you. God, we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' holy name, amen. The prayer team is gonna be on either side of the sanctuary if you care to come and receive prayer. If you would please stand and join us in worship one more time.